What up, Colin? Oh, we're recording. We are off and recording. Episode 39. 39. 39. This is fucking crazy. Uh, our, it's like, if it were a person, it'd be having a midlife crisis. This is where it buys the Corvette. Um, for episode 40, I want to get us into one of the places, like I said, um, you know, a bar or something like that. I, I want to pod in a different location. Are you cool with that? Yep. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Uh, let's jump right in the recap, man. Ready, oh, shit. Going right for, to the... Yeah, let's Ready for our endorsement by New Belgium? Yep. No, I was just at the beer store, and I was trying to find something, and I was feeling super indecisive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw they had this New Belgium mix and match, or mix and match, uh, variety pack or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I've never had this Pilsner before, or lager, and... Uh, how, how, I, is there, like, one... For, is there 12 different beers, or is No, there, there's three. Oh, there's three of These each. are the four. But you have, like, you know, your classic here. That, and it's also interesting because New Belgium recently redesigned all of their cans. Yeah. So, like, this is a this is a really... Like, Fat Tire is a really... Always had, like, really shitty design. Like, a really shitty label back in the day, and then they had a new look across all of their beers, where all their beers looked exactly the same, just with, like, different colors right. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I remember that. But now they're, like... There's there's definitely different. There's definitely like a new Belgian look, but they're doing a pretty good job of kind of being all over the place with it. So, so uh, let's. Uh, what are you drinking? I, mean, you, I want to try you, this Ranger IPA. I have had. Those I mean, I've three. had it, but I've I've never had Mountain Time. So premium lager. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one for cool. my first. I like the artwork. On I do that too. One too. It's very minimalist. So I'm into it. Cheers. Cheers. Ching. <laughs> I can't even ask you what you think about the beer because I can't compare. It's a different beer. Yeah, that's a classic. This is a classic, though. It's good. Good stuff. It's funny, too, because I remember, like, it was such a big deal when you could finally get Fat Tire in Ohio. Like, Really? It was just like when Yingling. It was like a big deal. It was, it was like Fat Tire always had this, like, lore around it. Like, oh, it's just like the, the perfect, you know. Cult following. Yeah. It's just, I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, I think that, like. Uh, Rogue Dead Guy is a better version of it, the same thing. I'm not a big Rogue fan. I I, I really like Fat Tire, so it's weird to hear that comparison because I don't think they taste the same. I mean, they might, but I I, I just think I just think it's a, a better version of it. But whatever to each Colin. his own. Whatever, Colin. To each his own. Hey, Colin, you've been using the Trello board a lot. Yeah, I was really drunk on Friday night, and <laughs> I was like. Well, it was weird because I went to two shows on Friday night, which we'll get to, uh, but they both um, were like all ages shows with no no alcohol or anything. All I guess one of them had beers, but uh, I didn't drink at all at the shows, and I came home in between them, and I had a couple gin and tonics, but that was it. So I was like pretty dry all Friday night, and then I got home, and uh, Sierra had been hanging out with a friend, and they and she was already pretty lit up, and uh, so I was just like. It's Friday night, and it's like 12.30 in the morning. Let's do this. And I got, like, hammered after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I added a bunch of stuff to the board when I was hammered. Yeah, I think – didn't you text me? Didn't you say, hey, I got drunk last night and added a bunch of shit to the board? I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to reach over and, and get my phone. So and, you could, and, and you could tell because it was mostly around the same subject, and so you could tell I was, like, I was, like, thinking about the experiences of my evening. So – yeah, we got a decent amount on here. Uh, when I got in today, you immediately asked me about one, so we're not. I'm not going to jump right into that. Let's just do the recap. What we got into for the week. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you went to some shows. I've been to three shows in the last 36 hours, and it's crazy. 
so two shows. Two shows Monday? Friday night. Last one show last night. It, God, it must have been an early show. Yeah. So the local uh, uh, power violence band uh, Body Farm, not that Body Farm, the new Body Farm. Yeah. Um, they released a seven inch on Friday, <clears throat> so they did a uh, double header uh, release show. Uh, the first one was at Used Kids, and it was a matinee. It was at six thirty. Um, it was them and uh, like a, I think I believe an all female um, punk or power violence band called Slut Mom, and then uh, New Camera, which is like a bunch of dudes from here doing like gross hardcore punk. So there was that show. I only stayed for Body Farm because I took Beatrice with me. So it was her her first punk show. That was oh, fun. Shit. It was fun. Uh, she likes going to use kids because I go there often. And uh, well, for those that don't know, it's a record shop. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's and Colin. A, Colin's it, big in the vinyl scene. Like <laughs> it is a Columbus uh, uh, landmark for record stores. Uh, used to be on campus upstairs. Now it's now it's in a bigger, better location in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have like record days and stuff. They still do that, like in yeah. the parking lot. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then they have a stage in there now, and so they do shows too. And uh, so yeah, took took B to that, got her like little uh, earmuffs, you know, like yeah, like the pe- Lincoln Park guitarist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like guy who's doing landscaping, and uh, brought her in there, and it, it, I think she had an okay time. She says she didn't have a good time, but she, I think she enjoyed it. Uh, it was it. She was being really weird and quiet, and then uh, Jordan and Meg showed up, and she knows them, so she kind of opened yeah. up a little bit more. But it was just cool to to take her to that, and then uh, came home and hung out, uh, ate dinner, had a couple of drinks, and then uh, went back. And I went to the Legion of Doom. And uh, fun fact: I've lived in Columbus, Ohio, for half of my entire life, and I've never been there before. And that's another campus spot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a basement, it's a yeah. kind of legendary basement. Uh, that's the punk house that's been there for I don't know thirty years or something like that. Yeah, but uh. So that was it was exactly as I expected. Yeah, uh, 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 they used to have like Sharpie on the door or something that said Legion of Doom. Is that still there? It was like a weird Sharpie drawing just on the front door. Oh, I don't know. At least I think it's is it still on High Street? No, it's on uh, it's on Indianola. What the fuck? There. Oh wait, there's like something. And I, I think there was another one on High Street called the Boneyard. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's what I was I'm not punk enough. About. Uh, obviously, I'm not punk enough because I'm 36 years old and went to the that played like the legendary punk venue for the first time but that was it was a cool show because body farm played again and and then uh uh daryl's band minority threat daryl and jordan's band oh, uh, yeah. uh they played and then another uh hardcore band from uh pittsburgh called killer of sheep and it was a it was a sweet show so that was cool so i did two shows in one night which is wild uh it's just weird and then i went to, and saw uh arterial mist Nikki P's band yeah. is back because Nikki P is back in town. Yep. Saw him for the first time. That so I went to that show at the Shrunken Head, and it was them and Domestic Terror, um, and In Despise. It was a death metal show, and um, it was fun, but it was wild because I saw all these people that I haven't seen in like five years. It was like yeah. like I saw Slinky, uh, uh, Mike Lair was there. Uh, Who, by the way, if he listens to this at all, I still want to have him on as a guest. He would be great. He'd be a fucking Holy awesome shit. guest. Yes, I think I, if you look at the Trello board, I have a I have a list over here of guests, and dude, I'm a, he's fucking not on there. <laughs> wow, okay. Mike Blair, if you're listening, yeah, hit us listening. up and get on this thing because you would be great next Sunday. 
No, I mean, just, oh shit. That's I think 40. We're, yeah, that is 40. So 41. Fucking guessed. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, and, uh, who else? Like, uh, that Ravi dude. Like, I just, like, so all of these Columbus metal dudes, I haven't seen in forever. So that was super cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, and, uh, and I, uh, yesterday was, you know, I was just kind of doing stuff around the house, cleaning, you know, stuff like that. So I was kind of steadily drinking all day and then <laughs> got to the metal show. And then it was just like hilltop after hilltop. And I got home and, uh, anybody who follows the sleepiest dad saw the outcome of that one. Because I, Sierra and our friend were, were making food. They were making pasta and they, and I got home and I was starving and I made a bowl and I sat down on the couch. I, I had been home for like five minutes. I'm not joking. I took my boots off, made a bowl of this like pasta, sat down on the couch, fell asleep after like three bites. Well, first of all, pasta kind of does that to me regardless. It doesn't matter if I've been drinking or not. And two, you go to one fucking punk show and you show up in boots. God damn it. You've had on Jordan 1s for like the past 20 episodes. Oh, and man. you go to one punk show and that's you're like, funny. up the punks. Yep. <clears throat> no, that's that's fair. I felt so, inspired by my uh, DIY brethren. It is funny, though, because I was uh, at that Legion of Doom show. Uh, I was with Wes and we were talking about one, how old we felt. We weren't even the oldest, oldest ones there, but just felt kind of old. Does he have a rat tail? He does. <laughs> and shout out to Wes's rat yeah, tail. It's pretty gnarly. Um, but, uh, so we, we, we go to that and we're talking about how old we are, but then it's also we're joking about how like also not our scene, you know, like yeah. I, I, w- I hung out with a lot of the, those punk, the punk, the, those punks. Yeah. <laughs> I hung out with a lot of the punk scene, but you know, I came out of like the tough guy shit, you know? Yeah. And it was like watching these, I was just like, this isn't my scene. All these people are too happy. Well, it's nobody's it, miserable enough. Yeah, but, and there's like so much leather vests and like, uh, spikes and stuff. <laughs> like if you go to the, like the real punk kids, like they all have names too, like trashy Tara and like weird shit like that. Yeah. It was just, know. it was just funny because it was like, I'm just watching these people just, having a blast yeah. moshing and fall, people falling people picking each other up and it's like at bernie someone falls that, somebody threw them there and you walk away because you don't want to be involved in that so it's interesting that, <laughs> that you that you say all this because i had posted something the other day just kind of in jest saying um make uh camo shorts and black shirts great again yeah because honestly like do you remember when like you'd go to a show and literally every single person nearly would show up in camo shorts and a black shirt I feel like there was a time, and it might have been like the 05 time frame. Sure. And when like Posse Hardcore came back and you had fucking Hang Time and bands like that, th- there was a positive undertone to the scene. And there was also a shit ton more places that Hardcore could play. Mm-hmm. People weren't fucking like moshing and intentionally like crowd killing and punching holes in the wall and shit like that. Like there was a lot less disrespect in the scene. And I really, really missed that time. I miss VFW hall shows. I miss shows in houses that had, you know, a shitty PA where you only mic'd the person. Like the vocals were – was it uh, – I miss that shit. I miss that a lot. I really, really am going to try hard to make that happen again this year. Nice. I've been talking um, – and I'm going to just say – I'm talking to a lot of the OGs. Like when I say that, I mean people from that scene that was all part of it that I thought were good people back then. And are still around. I think you're seeing. I think. I think we're seeing. I don't think it's. I don't think it is a coincidence that like 
Furnace Fest is coming back and all these old bands from 15 to 20 years ago yeah. are getting back together and stuff like that. Because I think you're, what you're seeing is like uh, a real hunger for that across the board Oh yeah, of wanting to just have that. I think, it, uh, again, you know, we talked about this a little last week about how it just seemed like this Christmas season just seemed like kind of joyless. Yeah. And I think that that belonging, that community, the, the hardcore, the punk, the metal, whatever, that I think people are craving that right now i think because there's something about that that's that's not only nostalgic but also really comforting and really you see that bring a lot of joy to people yeah and a lot of the people that are even still in bands today uh, around here that are the cool kids and shit like that like they came from that scene Mm -hmm. you know and so i just want to get those people back together and like like i said i've reached out to a number of people already trying to make it happen i want to try and make one happen like maybe shortly after the first quarter yeah um and i also want to make the shows free or as free as possible so I'm going to see if I can get this whole – I've already lined up a PA. I have a couple people in mind I need to talk to about being the tech that night, or I'll pay for a tech. I don't care. I want to give good sound, a good place to hang out, all ages, so it'll be a dry show. Sorry, Colin. I'm going to try and get them over by you know 10 or 11. The fuck is that supposed to mean? You fucking – you know what that means, Colin. That's just, show I'm booking next Saturday is all ages, and I can, people can still drink. Yeah, but, but a VFW t- hall, you exactly. Can't we don't have a liquor license. Yes, yes. I've I seen uh, many a people make he that said, mistake. Sorry, Colin. Like I can't go to a show without drinking. You can't have fun without drinking. <laughs> you have a problem, Colin. <laughs> Let's start the rumor right now. Um, I've actually been trying to be a lot more moderate lately. Thank you very much. This weekend kind of slipped through my fingers, but. <laughs> so when I got in here today. Oh, you know what? Let me just go back to what the fuck I did. I didn't. I didn't do much. So it's really quick for me. Yeah, you just let me talk for a while, and then I'm like. Well, how about you, Jeff? Well, I didn't do much. That's the thing. Like, I was home. It was really weird. Like, I feel like I'm always busy, and I really want to dedicate more time to having – on your two fucking days off from work, I want one day to be a semi-chill day, and I want one day to be the do things day, right? That's what I try to do. Yeah, I, I want that to happen. Here's the problem. My do things day, honestly, is Sunday. I like to go – I would come out, do the podcast. I like to go to the gym. Yeah. I like to do house shit. Like, I – I want to go to the store and do my grocery shopping for the week. I want to do things on Sunday. My wife, because she's home with the kid while I pod, Sunday's her chill day. So she wants to do things on Saturday. So the things that she books to do are always on Saturdays. Hmm. So Saturday we went to um, a friend of ours had a birthday party for their child. We went to that. It was really cool. Um, I took a baller-ass nap because it, it actually was right when my daughter naps, and so we had to make an executive decision. I napped on the couch with her, woke up, and then met them out at a different location. And then I went downstairs to work out last night because I'm committed to this let's work out at home thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did one fucking push-up. So I drank pre-workout, hung out, went down, did one goddamn push-up, and the power went out. And I was like, I'm, you know, ears were burning. Like I was jacked up off caffeine. There was no way I was going to bed. So I went upstairs and I found a, a little light, hooked it. Well, not hooked it. It's magnetic. So it mag, it, it was on my beam, my metal beam in the basement. Provided enough light. I fucking worked out in the dark. And it's nice. Kind of, it's like weirdly spooky to just be in the basement and there is zero noise happening, zero anything. Just a little shitty light that's just lighting your area enough so you look into the dark and I'm just like I'm just picturing like I'm picturing like one of your kids coming down the stairs and you in the dark, like just with this little light like Yeah, yeah. Oh it was, it was, I actually didn't put my headphones in because I was like, I need to hear if 
<laughs> something happens. I need to hear. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's you so know that funny. scene where uh, uh, in Home Alone where Kevin walks down to the basement and there's the furnace? That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Yeah. I was just waiting on any noise to happen. Um, we actually had a downed power line right outside of our community. So nobody could even go out that part of the community. Um, she was a blowing last night. That wind. Fucking crazy. It was wild. Didn't come back on until 10 o'clock this morning. So 12, 12 hours without power almost. Um, which brings me to the first question of the podcast, Colin. How long does your power need to be out before you get rid of the food in the refrigerator? Oh. And feel, and if you're out there and you're listening, I would love to hear the answers from uh, uh, you guys as well. Uh, I think it depends on... I'll give you best case scenario. Nobody opened the refrigerator. I think it depends if you're... Yeah, you And you're the kind of person who has a nice new refrigerator. I do. You just know. Fuck yeah. Um, Samsung, but, uh, uh I think with that, you could probably go 48 hours. So the FDA says... Four hours for the refrigerator, 24 hours for the freezer. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And, and like, I was, I was thinking, like, okay, well, what do we have in there that I'd be sketched on? Eggs, milk, cheese, yogurt. The rest of the shit, it's like, I'll, I'll risk it. Uh, shit. Because uh, I would, when my fridge went out. I know. Out, that's a, that is specifically why I wanted to ask. That motherfucker you. was, I, I kept it closed. That motherfucker was was uh when my fridge came back on was the you know the fridge is normally like thirty seven degrees it was only like forty four degrees or something like that like thirty six hours later yeah I don't know but no. most of the stuff was fine there was some stuff I threw away yeah but I also you, think it depends on the test I think it depends on the thing you know what I mean okay well what's something you threw away I I'm sure I threw away a dozen eggs. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I threw eggs, away eggs. Is the, are the most sketchy for me. I'm sure I threw away like a gallon of milk. I don't know. It's just the, the dairy, the dairy stuff. Yeah. So I, long story short, I'm stopping on the way home to pick up that stuff. Got it. Because I'm sketched on it. <clears throat> when I got in here today, I was like, "Hey, Colin, uh, good for you. You've been using the Trello board. Oh, I saw you have the app. You're like, fuck you. I've been had the app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing you said, you're like, I like how we just throw random thoughts on there. Yeah. And you asked me about fire extinguisher on a bike. Yes. <laughs> Please explain. Um, that was just a random story I was going to tell one time where this this shows how much of a shithead. It's you, bro. What the fuck? You're causing alien noises. My phone's been there the whole time. Well, you're causing them today. Uh, this was a, I was just going to basically allude to the fact that I was a big shithead when I was a kid. Um... One of the things I used to love doing, we had a fire extinguisher that you put water in to a certain point, and then you used a bicycle pump or an air pump at like a gas station to pump up and create pressure in the fire extinguisher, and then you could squirt water. Uh, my cousin had a bike, and he would double me on the handlebars, and I would hold the hose, and we would drive around, and he had the fire extinguisher on the bike right here, and he would ride with one hand, pedal us around, and he'd be like, right there, right there. And I'd point it at people, and he would we would squirt people with the fire extinguisher. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this whole time I thought it was like you were trying to use it as a propulsion device. You're really driving around fucking shooting people? Uh, yeah, we were doing drive-bys with water. So, like, you know, years down the road, super, saker, super soakers became a thing. But, like, we had a fire extinguisher first. Yeah, but that's, like, that's like not water. It's, like, chemicals. Fire extinguisher? Right. No, I, well, you didn't listen to the beginning. I said you screw the top off, you put water in... <gasps> And then you, oh, and then you it had a gauge on it, and you take oh, it to like oh, okay. Super America, and you 
pressurized. Wow. How water. did I space out? How did I space out for like a full thirty seconds of that story? Because you were fucking playing with your phone. You're doing the same thing my wife does. Cue that shit up for a trivial thing that bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> you called me out. I can't argue with that. No. One. So how are you going on your beer? Because I'm already done. Um. Yeah. You were. You really are all about Dude, it today. You know why? Because normally when we get in here and pod. I have these like I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna work out tonight. I better only have a beer or two gin and tonics or something like that. <laughs> so by <laughs> by the time I go to work out, I'm fine, right? Um, I already worked out today. I don't know how to say this, but I did some extra cardio. Uh, prepared to come in here and smash these beers. By the way, this fucking mountain time was awesome. I'm gonna have one of those. It's just a, a good ass uh, clean lager that just goes down clean. Yeah, this this, this ranger goes down too. Well, guess what? Voodoo ranger time. Who? That's an uh, that's an imperial IPA. I know, it's so seven, get seven, ready for that, baby. This one's six and a half. What's the percents on this bad boy? Nine. Nice. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> careful. <laughs> Woo! I'm gonna put this one down slower. I think. <clears throat> um, I want to go back to the to the uh, well. Okay, so still fucked up. Not, not as fucked not up. as fucked up. No, there's so many worse things. How old were you? Um, I was a young teen. My cousin was on a bike, so I would assume he wasn't 16. He's a couple years older than me. I would say he was 15. I was 12. You ever just do so? That that I I, I was going to go back to the camo shorts thing for a second, but I'm not going to for a second. Uh, when you were so you you like invented sh- shit to do with bikes too, you know? Like oh, th- this one was like, okay, we're going to take a bike around the neighborhood, you know, or and shoot people with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> uh, my brother and I used to have this game. We we did it a lot until it ended in tears. But uh, we had a we had a game where he would ride his bike. Uh, we did this for like a whole weekend once. And he he would ride his bike as fast as he could, and I would try to throw footballs at him. And see if I could hit him. And, oh and knock man, him over. I hope I know where this is going. And uh, so we're doing this, you know, one day. My brother's, I, I, I'm probably, I don't know, 12, 13. My brother's eight or nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you remember like when you were a kid and you had your shitty BMX bikes and you would drop them and the edges of the handlebars, the, pla- the, the, the plastic or the rubber would rip and then you'd have like the just shredded metal sticking out the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like that, obviously. And we're throwing it. We've been playing this game for a couple of days. It's hilarious. Because oh, my brother's is he's eight years old. He's a stupid kid. The balls bounce off him, you know. And He's, he's uh, resilient. And uh, But he's riding and he ducks and just bashes his face on the fucking edge of the handlebar and like tears his whole eyebrow open. He had to go and get like 12 stitches. Holy <laughs> shit. Never played that game again after that. I, uh, where I thought you were going with that, I thought the football was going to somehow get stuck in the front <laughs> and throw his ass over the front. Did I, dude, I've had so many wrecks on bikes. Um, I've also got so many bike stories. Bikes was really, really big culture when I grew up. Like from the time I was, uh, I'll call it 10 to 16. Bikes were a really, really big deal in my neighborhood. Like, you know, everybody was looking for, like, the GT Dinos and the Mongoose and, and stuff like that. And nowadays you can get that shit at, like, Walmart. It's pretty crazy. Uh, shout out to fucking Westland Schwinn, which is not there anymore. But Westland Schwinn is where I used to go to get all my cool shit. I had a – I just had some shitty-ass Huffies. I had a fucking bike called a Sigma. S-I-G-M-A. Sigma. It was red and – did you ever have a bike where instead of spokes, well, not I'm not, I'm not talking about mags because 
I think everybody <laughs> thinks I'm going towards mags. I had mags too, but instead of spokes, it had like plastic wheel covers over the spokes. No. That's because I had a shittier bike than literally anyone ever had, period. <laughs> and one day – first of all, I wanted to take them off. Dude, it was the shittiest bike on the planet. It was bright red with uh. bright red solid wheel cover. So like when I came down the road, it was just solid discs of wheel, right? And my mom told me if I t- – because I'm like, I got to take these off. Like these – this looks so cheap and bad. And she's like, if you take those off, your wheels will fall apart. You can't ride without those. I was like, really? I was young. And I was like, man, fuck. Like, I just got to roll on these shitty-ass wheels. Uh, And then one day, somebody threw a rock at me. So, like, hubcaps? Basically. They're (laughs) fucking basically hubcaps for shitty bikes. Uh, Somebody threw a rock at me. And it goes skipping across the ground and hits that and breaks a big-ass chunk off of the hubcap. And I see spokes under there. And I was like, oh, that fucking bitch. Dude, I was so mad at my mom. <laughs> I was like, dude, I've been rolling this bullshit-ass hubcap bike around for how long? And I thought that if I took my shit off, the wheels would fall apart. I went to my friend's house. There was this kid in the neighborhood named Rory who was like another bike kid. I went to his house. We took that shit off, put it back home with just the wheels. I rolled up feeling just gangster as fuck. Like, fuck you, mom. You can't tell me shit. Look at my spokes. Hilarious. Sigma. 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 Like when you can't afford a Huffy, you get a Sigma. I'm trying to think, what was my like, my first like mountain bike? You know, like like when you graduate into, well, but you were into bike culture. So you were into yeah. BMX. I was shit. BMX and, until yeah. I was uh, 23. I got a Schwinn mountain bike. Yeah, see, I was just a regular dork ass kid who was ex- excited to get a bike with multiple speeds. And it was like a Magna, Magna Zanzibar oh, yeah. or something like that. I remember like that. that shit. It was I, like it was like a blue pearl color, like like it was like swirly, shiny paint. Uh, when <laughs> I moved to Dublin when I was twenty two, um, I didn't have a bike. Well, I did. I had like twenty inches. I actually still have an old mongoose at my mom's house in the basement, hanging on some hooks. It's like an original, you know. It's like from the fucking early nineties or something. Mm. Um, but. I didn't have a bike that I wanted to ride, and I was 23. I felt like I needed a grown-up bike. I got a Schwinn mountain bike. I still have that thing to this day. I just the other day put brand-new inner tubes in it and was nice. just, like, riding around. Because I feel like I want to get one of those stupid-ass, like, bike carriers where you, like, pull your kid in a trailer. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, – and I have four bikes at my house, and none of them except this Schwinn mountain bike are what I should be carrying her mm-hmm. in. Like, I'm not – I have a fully carbon road bike. It's, like, a $5,000 bike. I'm not – hooking anything to that and then i have a single speed fixed gear i have a single speed and a fixed gear and i'm not hooking anything to that I've, i wrote a fixie once this shit is stressful man i mean a big wheel is a fixie yes i know but were you when, stressed out riding a big wheel no because you're behind the thing you know when what you the fuck were you doing on the front of a bike no i'm just what saying like behind it i'm just saying like if you're if you're rolling like if you're riding a fixie and you need to slam on the if why, you need to slam on the, up blood right now huh why are you throwing up gang signs what is that what do you <laughs> no, got, why you got i don't blood? know what i'm doing i don't know what <laughs> you're I'm throwing up blood i don't know uh uh dog <laughs> i learned that from little Wayne. but like if you've ever watched somebody like stop a fixie so hard and you have to like stand up you yeah. know and you have like, to lock your legs so you slide and it's just like your stomach muscles are just like yeah 
It's hard, man. That's why I don't do that shit anymore. I yeah, have a, a lot of people with fixies even have they'll have one brake. They have a front brake to help them slow down. I I have a uh, my brother got me a really because my brother is a pro yeah, you, biker. You told me that, and uh, he and he also works at a bike shop, so he gets not only does he get deals and sponsorships and stuff like that, but like he just can put stuff together and find he's you know got just like we can find a any guitar you want for the, a good price right and he's the same way as a bike and he got me this uh surly cross check uh single speed you can make it into a fixie if you if you swap the hub or if you flip, 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 flip hub. the hub yeah yeah thanks i got you <laughs> you you, lo- you uh, loft them up and you but uh you, swat them. you know what it's a great bike uh it's a it, it's a uh you know a track bike it's like a really simple mm-hmm. um nice road bike and that, uh, that's why people like him by the way and uh i used to ride it to work when i lived in victorian village all the way downtown i have it's been sitting in my garage and i look at it all the time it, i need new tires and new inner tubes and stuff uh so it's not currently functional but i see it in my in my garage all the time it's just like oh hey because I live right by, I've lived in this house now where I live right by the Olentangy Trail. Yeah. Like, it'd be really easy to bike to work. Can I, uh, this is, <clears throat> you might find this weird. I have some inner tubes <laughs> for you in my trunk. Nice. Like, that is how prepared I am. Nice. Because we haven't even talked about this and I already knew you need, no, actually, that's not why I got them. I went to, uh, so Performance Bike, it's fucking good, isn't it? You drinking that, that mountain time? It's pretty good. Um, I went to Performance Bike when they were closing out their Columbus store. Nice. And just picked up a bunch of like pressed a tube. You know, it was like it was like buy two get three free or some wild shit. So I got them. My brother just did this race uh, up north. You know, they have a fuck ton of snow up there. Mm. And uh, which, by the way, are we just not going to have winter then? This uh, is so fucking lame. No, it's not. You shut up. I do not want winter. 60 degrees and goddamn rain for three days. Man, drop 30 degrees. We'd have 12 inches of snow. It'd be awesome. Fuck that. Why the <laughs> fuck? Well, you fucking have a Jeep and a Honda Pilot. Like, I have an Elantra. I don't- look, dude. Look, dude. <clears throat> I grew up with winter. With good winter. Not shitty winter. Not miserable winter. But good, manageable winter. <sighs> fuck that. And I miss it, so. It, it, w- winter <laughs> is quite literally what has made me want to move away since I was 17 yeah, years old. Yeah, 17 cry years me old. Cry a goddamn river. I will cry a river. I will not cry you a frozen lake. That's how I fucking roll. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, my brother has this race, and uh, I guess he ate it pretty hard mm. at one point, and so he, he still came in eighth place. Uh, he goes, but he's like, I could never, came, I could never get quite caught up, but he still came in like the top 10. It's just funny. But like he posted a video on Facebook. He had a 360 camera on his uh, oh, handlebars. So it's like a video of like looking back at him, like the camera turns around, you see him and he's riding it and you see him bite it. Like it was like part of a reel of people yeah. biting it. It was pretty funny. Wow. Uh, those 360 cameras are cool. They, they work with like the Oculus Rift and shit like that yeah. where you can, um, literally it's like you're on the bike you can look in every direction that's yeah that shit's really dude miles birthday is in two weeks and he asked for a vr headset (laughs) really he said he wants either a hoverboard or a vr headset both of which are pretty fucking expensive right after christmas it sucks having a kid's birthday really close to christmas i know (laughs) fuck that but he's our groundhog he's born on groundhog day Two two. Uh, Miles is our groundhog. That's a well. So if he sees his shadow, 
Hell yeah. I don't even know. I, oh, what, what's the thing? It's, it sees if the shadow, he sees it's, the shadow, then it's more winter. More winter. But guess what? We don't have any fucking winter, so. Yeah. We just have gray clouds and rain. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, yesterday was, I had the windows open and we had a breeze going through the house and it was nice. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It wasn't, it's yeah. nice out. I just also really like winter. So. What the fuck do you like about winter? I like, uh, I like snow. I like driving in snow. I like doing things in snow. I, I mean, I haven't been skiing since I was in high school, but like I used to love that. I was never a snowboarder, always a skier. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's a weird, I feel like that's a weird telling thing about you. It just means I'm just an up north guy. No, but I, I, I all my friends, I've been snowboarding before. I just didn't find it as fun. Um, but, um, uh, no, I, I, I just rebel. like, I just, you know, I like a good, maybe, maybe it's because I was forced to do it growing up because it's just like a thing you do, like mowing the lawn, but like, I like getting up and like shoveling the driveway, you mm. know, like I don't like, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like zero degrees and blistery no. wind. No, like, like growing up in West Michigan, it was like 28 to 32 from October to April. <laughs> and it was and then it was just like big fat wet snowball snow, building snow forts, having snowball fights, going sledding. You know, I, I like winter know, shit. I I did like building forts. I used to get a fucking bread pan, which is like the perfect like giant snow brick, pack that bread pan and create the round igloo thing. And then one time uh my brother helped me rip the top of a trash can off like from the you know the big fucking trash cans that are like in the alleys and yeah you know marion village and shit he helped me rip the top of a trash can off and we set that on top of the igloo and then covered it in snow and had a dude we had a nice. baller ass see that. that's what i'm saying that was and- really fun but then my dog pissed holes in it, it like walked around just lifted its leg and just you know piss is like it's hot right so it yeah. just burnt holes directly through and my it's, fort it's also you know it's, it's also I, I'm fully, I'm fully aware that it's a nostalgia thing. I say anything in in Ohio to somebody, like I get the yeah. same reaction from everybody. Like, what the fuck do you want to wear? And uh, fuck that. And I mean, but like growing up, you know, my best friend and my best friends and I, like, we would get up uh, on Saturday morning. We would always like crash at my buddy's house, and he lived really close to like an industrial drive. Mm-hmm. And we would every like Saturday morning before the plows came out, because they would do, go. On weekends, obviously, they're plowing uh, residential areas first. So we go out there and and just do donuts for hours, man. Like, just go fucking drive like crazy. Drive like idiots in the snow. It was so fun. I mean, that's what we did for fun. So one time I was 16 or 17 years old. No, 17 years old. And I had a Volvo station wagon, rear-wheel drive. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like I learned to drive in a heavy rear-wheel drive car. So, like, I'm... Uh, to toot my own horn, I'm like exceptionally good driving in the snow. Like I love driving in the snow. It's really fun to me. When I when I first moved here, I used like I remember like like fishtailing around corners and stuff like that. And like Ohio drivers, like what are you doing? You know, and like I'm just having fun. Yeah. But uh, I one time I was coming down the street in my Volvo, and I was like 17 in this neighborhood, and I hit the brakes, and the 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 wheels locked up, and I was like, oh. Felt can't can't recover from this one and just like blasted into the snowbank and I'm digging the car out and all this stuff 
and this guy comes out of his house mm-hmm. and he comes and he goes, Hey, you need some help, man? I'm like, yeah, thanks. And, and you know, he helps me dig it out, helps me push it out. Cause that's another thing growing up in Michigan. Like that's a part of your winter chores is helping push people out of stuck snow spots. Yeah. Uh, but he pushes me out and he goes, he goes, Hey man. And he was really cool about it. He was, he, and you know, it's funny cause it's like, it's so, um, it's like burned in my brain. It was like a dad moment. Somebody that I didn't even know. He was like, Hey, he's like, I'm happy to help you out. And he goes, but he goes, I'm not surprised that you're in the snowbank. And I was like, what do you, uh, I was like, what? And he goes, I've seen you drive down the street. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I know you're a kid and you just got your license, but like, this is a neighborhood dude. And you are not being very careful. Oh man. And that, I mean that like, like yeah, that it's burned in core. my brain, man, because yeah. he was so graceful about it. He, was, he wasn't being an asshole. It was like, actually like, cause I remember like, on that street, 17 years old, seeing if I could hit 70 miles per hour, you know, in a residential Jesus neighborhood. You know, Christ. I remember being an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, did you ever throw snowballs at cars? No. Okay. Well, I did at buses <laughs> because we had a, uh, we had a bus line that went right by the house. And so, I mean, we also had this, uh, cool little bush one street over. Where it was like everybody in the neighborhood knew about this bush. It was this large, I'd say it was 15 foot long by seven foot deep, but in the back, you could literally walk in. It was like, it was just a bush canopy. Like the, the, it was only three or four main like bushes that came down into the ground. And then it was just this canopy of coverage. So everybody went over there and hung out. Like That's awesome. teenagers used to go over there and like smoke cigarettes and shit like that. Uh, and then we cut a little, hole right in the top and we would sit in there and when cars would come we would like lob a snowball out of the the hole and nobody ever knew where the fuck it came from but buses they knew where the fuck it yeah. came from like we would i'd jump right in front of a bus like right on their windshield and shit like yeah. that like um i was a dickhead but uh back to sunnier times uh i want to quick go back to the camo shorts thing because i made a commitment on your facebook post about this mm-hmm and because we all know that Colin likes his short shorts. Yeah. So oh, you, I know where you're going. So you watch me this summer, dude. I'm going to go to surplus store and get some camo pants because short cutting shorts shorter obviously is silly because then it's like these balloons, you know, these. Yeah. You got to you're going to cut those things. You have to cut them above the uh, side pocket thing because if you go to Cousins Army Navy, true, you're going to get the ones with the fucking pockets. <laughs> That means you got to go I above. I look like some white sorority girl at a party. You're, where your, like, pockets are the hanging. pockets are hanging out underneath all the fridge. Uh, now, um, oh, God. but uh, so speaking of, no, but really quick, really quick. I, But watch me. I'm going to do the de- Desert Storm camo. Okay. That was my thing, man. I, when I was, like, 17, 18 years old and got into the hardcore, like, started getting into the hardcore scene and, like, everybody's yeah. wearing camo and stuff like that. And I was like. I actually have some Desert Storm camo pants in my house, and I'm gonna from my new metal days. I'm gonna oh, cut yeah. this these motherfuckers off. I wore those things for years. Yeah, because everybody did like the dark green, like the jungle yeah. camo. There's actually a funny. Uh, I had snow camo. The nice. white, the white, gray, and black. Or let's do like let's do like digital camo. You know, like mm. the pixels. I always felt like digi camo was for uh, new metal kids after I stopped being new metal. <laughs> like there was a specific type of kid. Who wore that? And it I was get like, it. yeah, I, I, just, I couldn't do it. Um, I feel like if you do digital camo, you got to do full pants. Um, and it's got to be the white snow camo stuff. <laughs> oh, that you're pushing it now. <laughs> you're like, you're merging uh, like forbidden camos together. Um, but, uh, 
No, you watch me do some. You watch me do some Desert Storm short shorts this summer. Uh, that's my commitment to you. There is a funny. The last. Uh, a, I got to be honest. Like I didn't ask for that. You're like you're <laughs> you're weirdly forcing upon me shorties. Yeah, I know. Um, nuts hanging out the side. Uh, but uh, the last King's Blood promo picture that I was in. Everybody except for Slinky is wearing camo shorts and so and black shirts. So like Slink's wearing like a full on black. He's like black pants, black cutoff shirt with bracers on his. Like he looks metal as fuck. Then the rest of us are just like black hardcore shirts with camo shorts. And it's just like you can't see any of our legs because we're like standing up front in front of foliage. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny as shit. In uh, one of the promo picks for Push Ahead, um, I think like. Three out of five or four out of five, I don't know, have beige shorts on. It was like during that time when beige shorts ruled all. I mean, that was still last year too, but we all have beige shorts on. It's just really funny because people make those jokes about like, I can't see your legs. Yeah. In our picture, like literally half <laughs> the picture is blending into the, the background. It's hilarious. Might as well have been a green screen. That's funny. You see like, <clears throat> you see like, uh, shins <laughs> shirts. Shins and shirts. I like that. It's like a new band. Shins and shirts. Uh, let's get into – let's talk about some of the other stuff that's happened this week. I mean I'm not going to get us on a fucking political thing because we, oh, we, we, we did 30 minutes. We did 30 minutes of that and then shit only got worse. Yeah. The next day. Yeah. yeah so man. let's just – let's skip most of that for right now. Let's talk about something else. Um, two things have happened. Three things have happened that make me want to talk about cancel culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, one of them was actually one of the ones that you kind of like, I think you, did you, did you text me and say like, this is how you get ahead of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talk about that for a minute. So let's, let's intro with that. And then there's two other things that happen. I'm not sure if you're aware that happened. So, so Dustin Kenser from thrice, you know, he's obviously anybody who knows, anybody who knows thrice knows that he's like a really meaningful person and really profound. Everything he says is profound. His lyrics are really profound. Um, and he's really philosophical, theological, all that stuff. And so it comes as no surprise to me that he would hit stuff head on, but he was talking about how, you know, they're going out on tour this fall. I think it comes in, Mar- in, in March too, here because they're touring on the 15th anniversary of Visu, which is my personal favorite thrice record, which is so sweet. Um, artist in the ambulance. That record's so uh, good. That's, that's so really life changing. You know, actually Visu might not be my favorite Thrice record anyway, but, uh, anyway, they're, they're touring. That's, but that's like the record that like, I liked them before that, but that was the record that like really made mm-hmm. me fall in love with them. Anyway, they're doing a 15th anniversary tour of, and he said they're playing a song that was a B side from that. And he talks about Pharisees, which, you know, religious folk know that that is, is, is a euphemism for the political religious elite, uh, who crucified Jesus. Um, but in a lot of our cu- culture can also that usage of that word calling someone a Pharisee can come across as anti-Semitic. Uh, so he just said, you know, I realize that especially where we're at in our culture right now, that this is not, you know, that I could have worded it better. Mm-hmm. And uh, that so, you know, in this upcoming tour, I'm changing the lyrics to this. And it, you know what? It actually makes the lyrics more profound mm-hmm. by changing them. So, and it was just like, it was, it wasn't a guy, you could tell it wasn't a guy trying to save face. 
It was a guy saying, look, I've really thought about this. And you know what? And I, my beliefs on this subject have changed. So I'm uh, hitting it head on. I'm talking about it. Let's move on. Yeah. Done. Great. Great. Great, great example of how to get ahead of something. Now. <laughs> Not even the- – and, and I say get ahead of it, but I don't even mean – I don't really mean get ahead of it because that kind of sounds like a PR thing. Like yeah, because ahead like, of like that being said – Having a religious word in your song that could be misconstrued as anti-Semitic is not the same as grabbing someone by the pussy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, so obviously the, it's a different type of – but the just the general idea of saying – of recognizing that you as a person have changed in the last 15 years and that's okay. I believed a lot of things 15 years ago, 10 mm. years ago six years ago that I don't believe now mm. and that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's the whole thing is like, it's like we don't have to hold people now to what they believed even a year ago. Uh, I think obviously there's, there's gray area. There's, there's things to talk about there, but in, as a general idea, just because I believe something 10 years ago does not mean I believe it now does, you know, or whatever. And so. also you don't have to hide what you, right. where, what you it, used to that's be. That's the thing. It's, it's hitting it on. It's hitting it head on. It's yeah, coming to terms for yourself too. It's a, it's acknowledgement. Correct. Uh, you're acknowledging that maybe you could have done some things better or you could have chosen better words or yep. whatever. Yep. Um, and then acknowledging that and then moving past it. Nobody nobody wants you to hide this. And, I, you know, you heard me talk about this a little bit when uh, I talked about the Kevin Hart documentary, yeah. right? Other people have told me this week that it's good. I want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Like I, I was I was very impressed by the entire thing. Um, but the same concept, right? Like he, he said, look, I'm not going to apologize again. I can't apologize to these people that just found out about Kevin Hart because years ago – if you were following me, I apologize for this, and I haven't done it since. I can't retroactively go back and apologize because you just found out about me. Yeah. So I totally get that. And he's like, and I'm also not deleting it because that was me then, and I have grown, and this is me now. Yeah, that's the thing. Right? That's the thing. I know. I know you, but you got a couple more examples, which is, uh, I, but that, that's fine. But that thing is like, I make no, I make no, uh, I'm not trying to hide the fact that. 10 years ago, 2010, Colin, well, maybe 12 years ago. No, 2010, Colin, uh, was trying, was, was trying really hard to be an ally for the LGBT community while also maintaining my belief that marriage is between a man and a woman and the Bible says a certain that 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 says that being gay is a sin mm-hmm. and it was this whole love the sinner not the sin thing and it's 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 a very so you you were conflicted it's a damaging outlook that's hit the that is 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 a is a way to make conflicted people feel better about themselves yeah uh it it, it but since then i've renounced that belief and i believe uh and even before i you know kind of transition out of christianity even before that i was affirming and i believe no uh the the interpretation of the bible in that certain way i do not believe is the correct interpretation i believe that uh lgbtqia plus folks can uh you know 
the full inclusion in the church, full inclusion in the kingdom of God. You know, and now I'm in, in a different place in belief, but uh, uh, I'm still like a hundred percent on on your team now. If you're if you're if you're gay, queer, whatever. Uh, um, and I believed very differently from that ten years ago. I'm not going to hide that. Right. Ten years ago, my beliefs are wrong. You know, I believe my beliefs from ten years ago are wrong. And I'm sure I said I, I've been very online for 15, 20 years now. I'm sure there's a blog somewhere that exists. I'm sure there's a tweet somewhere that exists where I say something unsavory uh, about the inclusion of of gays in the church or in culture or whatever. And I disagree with that now. So, it, but it's who I was then, yep. and I'm not that person now. So, so a couple other things sorry, that happened. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of went on a soapbox there for a second. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love, I love, I love everybody these days. Unconditionally. Very nice. That was a weird look you gave me. Yeah, I was just like, wrap it up, Colin. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> uh, a couple other things that have happened is, are you familiar with who Oliver Peck is? You brought this up last week. Did I? Yeah, he did. Oh. Well, he, I mean. He left the show. He did. That that was the update, is that he I'll, actually I'll be honest left with you. the show. I'll be honest with you. I did look at the pictures, and it was pretty not okay. But yeah, but, uh, but here's the thing. I'm not going to defend it. No, like, it's no. N- It's never right, but I feel like there was something innocent about literally dressing up as a basketball player. Like, I don't – when people say blackface, I immediately get a, a specific image in mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, with like the big yeah, like, yeah. red. I, I get a specific image in mind. So when people say blackface, that's what I see. And then when I see, you know, a stereotypical – like, let me let me ask you a question. Why did no one care when white chicks came out? Yeah, I get it. No, I get it. I, I've, I've had this conversation. Uh, the, the Obviously, a big difference is majority, minority, oppressor, uh, oppressed. Right. Uh, but – I brought when we talked about this briefly last week. You know, I brought like Sierra and I've been watching through "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Yes, and I've seen at least two episodes where D is in full blackface and like doing a really stereotypical ignorant white person's idea of what a a black woman sounds like. Right, and uh, so are we like. We're like, are, are we going to hold everyone to the same standard or not at all? Th- that's and that's my problem. It's like, it's like it's justified if it's the other way, and, and I feel like that's weird, right? <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, I am. Here. I'm, I'm riding a very thin line, <laughs> but I feel like I myself have laughed at things such as. You know Eddie Murphy or or Dave Kevin. Chappelle. Dave, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle has that white character. That's he so does. funny. He does. It's fucking hilarious to me because I'm introspective about things and I see that in our culture. Yes, but then you have to also remember that there's obviously deep rooted. There is. Uh, I know, but like, could uh, just everybody fucking lighten the fuck up? That's how I feel. Sure. That's how I feel. So there's the Oliver Peck one. There's also the Burger King commercial. Are you familiar with No, that? I saw you po- post that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So because people have no- nothing better to do, right, you have Burger King who is doing all that bullshit where, like, they're making people try the Impossible Whopper and yada yada, and they're they're promoting that, right? Which, honest, it's a good thing. Cool. Somebody, a person, replied, damn, that's good. And motherfuckers are super mad that people said damn on TV. 
And I saw things like, this is supposed to be a wholesome family. Like, once it once was a family, wholesome chain, blah, blah, blah. And it's because somebody said, damn, that's good. But then you got the president going, we're going to bomb the shit out of ISIS. Right. And it's, a Fuck sa- it's off. probably the same fucking people supporting. Fuck off. I just can't. No. I, I really it's, just can't. It's, it's, Pe- it, people... As a whole, everybody is fucking too sensitive. There are too many different pockets of people that are literally out to only be offended. Their goal in life is to find something that is offensive on behalf of their cause on every side. And those people annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. If you're getting outraged for the just because it makes you feel better to be outraged, then then uh, uh, you need to uh, reprioritize your well-being. <laughs> I fucking agree. <laughs> Find joy in things. Let's move first. on. Find joy in things first. I'm already getting angry. I can so see like, it. I yeah, can yeah. see it. And I and I in my nine percenter is <laughs> dude, my nine percenter. Oh man, we're out. about to get unfiltered Summerfield. All right. What did you drink the first time? What was that? It I was, had the Voodoo Ranger. So I, d- the I drank Ranger. the Ranger. That's like their regular IPA. All right. I'm going in for it. All right. I'm going to drink this fast. And I texted you on the way here. I said, hey, we drinking today? You said, oh, I plan to pick up a sixer in case you had something else in mind. No, I said, I, unless you feel different, because if you didn't want to drink, I wanted to respect that. No, fuck that shit. Don't respect that. Make me drink. Uh, I have fun. <laughs> I have fun doing this. And I was like, nope. I plan on drinking today. I don't know why. I'm just like, I'm in a mood. And I feel like drinking, so I'm going to keep popping these. So, Ranger, what's the percent on this bad boy? Six and a half. Good job. I think you already told me that. I did. You did. <laughs> uh, Shit. Hey. Hey. That don't one. don't go. Okay. Go on. What? I was going to move us on to another topic. I am moving to another topic. Is it aging out of hardcore? <laughs> no. Come on, man. I'm ready to no, talk about that. That's a good one. I just really quickly, okay. I listened to those two loath songs yeah. on that, that single on the way here. And... uh. I really like it. Uh, there's some like metalcore stuff that I'm not like. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it I, yet. I didn't count it as metalcore. No, it's it's just that kind of. It's it is sludgier. It's a little yeah. bit more like I guess like kind of where Norma Jean's been in the last few years, okay. where it's like a little bit. It's a got one foot in like almost genty, but then it's kind of dirtier and mm-hmm. sludgier. So I dig it. You know, it's just. 10 years ago Colin would have liked it better but the mm. stuff that's like Deftones nothing like that vibe is super cool uh some British band I guess they have two full lengths out that's more kind of just heavy so I came across it I don't know what the fuck because uh, I came across it today on a playlist no because you sent it to me the other night and I right. remember seeing right. it and then going I need to listen to that and then I was just like dicking around today and I was reading the PRP or Lamgoat or something like that, and they were talking about how Chino Marino signed off on it. Like he Chino okay. tweeted a, a, a link to their new video. So yeah, the song I sent you is called "Aggressive Evolution," and it, it's actually not my favorite song from them. It's just when it came on, I was like, "Whoa, something about this yeah. I like." No, it's cool. I sent you, I sent that to you thirty seconds after the song started. I mean, the chorus of that song sounds exactly like Deftones. It does. I mean, like his melodies. It does. The other song on that single, the one that's called like Two Face Mirror or something like that, yeah. or something like that, is more straight up, kind of almost like nothing, like like heavy shoegaze. 
and it still that also sounds like Deftones, but that that other one it was like holy crap. Shoegaze is the next wave. Oh sure. I don't. I mean, do you feel that way? Well, I mean, shoe, I, I feel shoegaze it has been around. Yes, but I do think that that uh, shoegazy post rock thing is entering heavy music in a really hard way. I think that that is the next big wave. Two years from now, or maybe maybe not even two years. One year from now, you're going to see a lot more. Big of, emotional stuff. Exactly. And it's going to pop up a lot locally, too. Um, and let's let, – okay. Let me ask you So a we can stop. That, that. I just wanted to bring that up really quick. Well, before we talk about the other thing, I want to ask you a question. Who do you attribute as the first new metal band? Uh, I mean, I, I, even if they weren't the first new metal band, Corn was the definition. Corn. I 100% say it's coined. That, like, like, it, like, the term was coined when talking about that band. Okay. And so what was the stretch of years that you think new Metal really thrived? Thrived? Thrived. 96 to... Oh, man, you got the exact year I was thinking. I want to hear... 96, where, are you, where are you ending? 96 to 01. Ooh, I said 02. That's fair. Um, ooh, shit. Hit the mic. I think we haven't done that in a while. We've been professionals for the last uh, like thirty pods, and then I fucking just hit the mic like that. I, I, the reason I say that is when I say thrived because uh, because I think uh, it's actually a pretty funny uh, not not funny, but a, a marker of this is you know nine eleven two thousand one. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty funny. No, it's not. <laughs> but now I'm laughing as I say it. Um, Pod satellite came out that day. And so did uh, that machine head record that everyone hated, uh, Supercharger or whatever the fuck. I wasn't a fan. But the, to me, that was like like machine head was over for a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. Through the Ashes of Empires was great, and after that was was good. But uh, but um, Satellite was like, you know, that was that was new metal and rap core on a very pop tip you know what i mean yeah so i feel like after that uh was was really when that kind of like o2 and stuff is that kind of really third wave new metal started you know with like lincoln park's meteora record and stuff like that you know like getting moving into that kind of more that uh polished there was a, po- a new sheen that came on it yeah, and, that, that's, and kind of they started morphing into more just kind of blitz rocky kind of stuff <clears throat> i agree um but 96 for sure yes and Korn's demo was 93, first record, 94, Life is Peachy, 96. 96. Yeah. I you really, got Around the Fur coming out in 96, too. Exactly. Which was like And a, you also had Head P.E. I don't know if you fucked with Head P.E. I was never a fan, but I mean. All right. Full disclosure, I found out about Head P.E. because somehow they were at the end of a ICP record. Weird. Yeah, it was like one song was at the end, and I was like, what the fuck is 96 this? 96 was also... Uh, Three dollar bill, y'all. Three dollar bill, y'all. That's what I was looking for. And coal chamber. Yes. Spine, Spine shank was like ninety eight. Ninety six to ninety eight was really like oh the, yeah the. I mean, it was still thriving, but you know, ninety six three dollar bill, y'all. Uh, ninety seven. Um, ninety or no, ninety eight was when Slipknot came out, right? Ninety nine. Oh, I could be wrong. <laughs> Anyway, I think we agree on the general time frame. Yeah. I just wanted to see what you thought about that because I, I thought peak 
new metal time because again you know there were there's a little before there's a little after but i think peak time was 96 to like 0102 yeah that's fair um and i had a i dude i fucking loved spine shank like that was one of my i tried to make james get electronic drums just because i wanted to do those weird little electronic parts uh that they did in spine shank i gotta show you this logo i designed the other day after this uh, this band hit me up because that's the thing is like that stuff's new again you know what oh, i mean dude i know and this band hit me up and his reference photos or like his reference logos for the logo they wanted were like old deftone shirts and like the prodigy logo mm-hmm. he's like i would I, w- I want it to look less like some like a hardcore record and more like a logo that you would see on a drum and bass album in 1997 nice and i was like sweet i could do that shit in my sleep that was my bread and butter. That being said, uh, 98 through 02 was also a very transitional time for me. It was when I started to enter uh, a lot of hardcore. I was I was going from new metal and thinking, you know, I came from rap, went to new metal, and was like, oh, shit, there's harder things than this. And then I started learning about, like, you know, vision of disorder and shit like that, yeah. right? So you put something on the... Uh, on the board that I would love to talk about, and that is aging out of hardcore. So this is when I said earlier that you could kind of see where my head was at when I was drunk and being introspective mm-hmm. late at night on Friday night was I had gone to these two shows. I was feeling old. Okay, stop there. Stop there. I just want a yes or no question. Do you think you can age out of hardcore? No. Okay, now go on. Uh... I believe that there is a lot of pressure, not pressure, but like, yes, there's a lot of societal pressure. And, you know, I was talking to, I was, I was, I was talking to my friend that I reconnected with mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and he goes, yeah, I've gotten actually, I've gotten pretty hard, I'm pretty involved back in the hardcore scene in Nashville. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, yeah, I mean, and he's two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, yeah, I've been going to maybe one show every month or two. I was like, dude, I go to like a show a week, you know, like it's, I mean, to to be honest, you do go to a lot of shows. I do. And and like, I, I envy that. I wish I could go to all these shows. I just don't have time. I say that, but like, that's the thing we say that you do have time, but it's, 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 I get it. I understand why people. I'm also, I'm so fucking far away. That's, that's my number one thing is I'm, I got to drive 30 minutes to get to Although, although. I will say this, that, uh, like, for instance, that Body Farm band, mm-hmm. uh, Eric and Ocean, the couple that um, that he plays guitar, she sings, uh, they live in, like, Lancaster, and they come to every goddamn show. Man. <laughs> so, they're, you know, give, like, people like that giving, giving all of us a run for our money. Uh, but, uh, uh, and I love it, because, you know, that's, people really care about the scene. I mean, and then when really. I, when I started first seeing the name Body Farm pop up. I was. I actually reached out to Chris Dewitt, who was the bassist in Body Farm. He he did Sierra's one of her first tattoos. He did my first ever tattoo. He did her feet tattoos too. Yeah, he did this one right here. Nice. Uh, I always I, thought that was a tribal logo. <laughs> dude, I know. Every, it, it, it is. A, it's a graffiti style IAK. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I reached out to Chris and said Body Farm with a question mark and sent it to him, and he's like, "Yeah." Even when we were in Body Farm, uh, we would argue online with other body farms. And I was like, I guess it's just a... Yeah. No, body farm's awesome. That new seven inches is awesome. If you dig, you know, 
power violence, hardcore punk. It's fun. Uh, and I just, you know, that's a band, a band and people who really care about this scene and, and really, you know, seeing bands, diverse bands, diverse mm-hmm. shows, et cetera. Anyway, uh, no, I, uh, do I think you can age out of our hardcore? No, but I feel like, uh, societally we get pushed that direction. I have so many friends who are like, oh man, uh, do you still play music? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, man, I stopped playing. I haven't played my guitar and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, why? Who gives a fuck? Why does it matter how old you are? Listen, uh, listen, my- when I said it wasn't a phase, mom, I was fucking serious. <laughs> it's just like, I think about this, you know, I think about, obviously they're big bands, but you know, you, you think about people like Converge, uh, Baroness, you know, Converge specifically, you know, Baroness has been a little bit more alienating. Converge is coming back. They they got a new record. Yeah, they're working yeah, on a new yeah, record. Yeah. But I mean, they do they put out a new record every four years or so, and it seems like a really long time. It is. Yeah. Uh, they but they do you know even like last a uh, couple of years ago they on top of record they did a seven inch with two songs and you know uh these are bands that like like Converge guys are eight ten years older than me and these are guys still putting out genre defining challenging mu- heavy music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh. 25 years into their career 30 years into their career you know and it's like i don't know i feel like now if you're going to hardcore shows and being a dickhead and and you know trying to start pit beef and stuff like that yes get the fuck out of here you've at at 36 years old yes you've aged out of hardcore if you're still if you're still picking stupid fights over somebody moshing too hard. No, it's not even that. It's it's it always is the fact that metal kids want to push, hardcore yeah. kids want to fucking kick, and like yeah. ninja shit. I, all I'm saying is that like if you're still wanting to just like go to shows and fight people because that's what you do at hardcore shows, then yes, you've aged out of hardcore. Uh, uh, <laughs> like like the, the, no, like because there is a there's a point where you get like sure. Heavy music is my thing. I've been listening to heavy music since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop listening to heavy music anytime soon. So I'm not going to stop seeing my favorite genre of music anytime soon. Right. I'm not going to stop being involved in it in one way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I, yeah, there's a, there's a few genres I don't think you can really age out of. Hardcore is one of those things where it's like it, the reason you got into it is deep rooted enough. That it's always going to be part of you. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. it's a it's a sense of belonging. It's a community. It is, and I actually feel the same way about punk music. Like I think punk music is. I mean, obviously, hardcore was a extension of punk, right? I think hardcore and punk you can't age out of. I also think you can't really age out of country, but anything else, metal. I feel like that's where you see the most old guys. That's true, but like, okay. I mean, you you're, got bands like you got bands like Carcass, man. You're right. Like those dudes. You're right, but those are dudes that were into that same fucking band thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, there's there's a fucking there's a difference. Like I get it. I with get it. Hardcore new bands come out, and the same people gravitate towards those new bands. Mm-hmm. With a specific type of old metalhead, it's like it's the same type of music, the same bands, because those bands have fucking longevity. Mm-hmm. Like they never get you know. They never get here on the popularity scale, but they're consistently right here, 
and they have it, it dying fetus is like a great fucking example yeah. like that band should be a thousand times bigger than they are like with the talent they have in that band mm-hmm. and it's just like and they've put out like ten thousand records yeah they're just consistently dope as fuck forever and i saw those dudes at i i want to say at cbr which is like what was that a fucking 300 cap venue like yeah and, and that was like i don't know 10 15 years into their career you know like i feel like that style of that style of metal yes you're always going to have the dudes that come and just bang their fucking head but like hardcore is a consistent wave of new bands because i do think people i think a lot of people age out of playing a certain type of hardcore sure they they go on to playing different i mean even yourself right like you've you've went through the metalcore the hardcore the tough stuff and you're into that like just like doomy yeah heavy fucking now if it's got if it's got a groove i'm there yeah which by the way i love that fucking meme you said several people sent you that meme. <laughs> it's just like a dude making like the ultimate stank face. And every time I turn on the detune pedal and I start playing, you make that face <laughs> and you like you get your head bobbing and you go, let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. And I'm like, speaking of Knox, I, uh, Knox took my seven yesterday. He sent that up for me. See, so what a good dude, man. Yeah, that's a That's a good dude. Like I, I love supporting people like that. I posted about that. Did you post about that? No. We should. We should do more to elevate our friends, right? So Knox is a, a great person who uh, – very active in the music community, whether it's playing in bands, um, working venues, recording music, being a sound guy, setting up guitars, things like that. Like he's somebody that we all should support more. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. And that is that is what it comes down to when, it, when, when you talk about being a lifer in hardcore yeah. or at, at least underground – DIY music, regardless of what it is, it doesn't have to be hardcore, but uh, but community based underground music, yeah, uh, or countercultural music, um, is you know, e- e- it's all about are you involved or not? Because there's two types of people: you go see live music and cool, or you get involved. Both are fine, yeah, um, and whenever I feel like I am aging out of hardcore, I just throw on. Uh, any of Scott Vogel's bands and listen to his lyrics because he's 15, 10, 15 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he says stuff, you know, you say you fucking live for this. What the fuck did you ever give? I gave everything. And it's like, yeah, you're right. All right. I'll go to a show tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, look at people like that, like Scott Vogel. I mean, that dude's fucking not only still living the life, still putting out heavy hardcore records, but also still like being like the scene preacher of getting everybody's off their asses and out there so i love it talk to me about code orange <laughs> because you, you sent me that fucking oh my god that, that new promo picture which literally looks like it could be a weird industrial goth photo it, somebody i saw somebody tweet it said like can somebody put the tvt records logo on this <laughs> <laughs> um no dude uh uh we all saw it coming. I mean, uh, Code Orange got weirder. They got, they started bringing in industrial elements and they yeah. got, the imagery got cheesier and they signed a Roadrunner. They put out a single with Corey Taylor and the B side of that single was just like noises, you know, and, yeah. uh, we all saw it coming. If anybody is surprised that Code Orange went the way they did with this new single, uh, the first single from the new record they just announced, you are, you have had your head 
under a rock if you're surprised by that. Leather pants guy in the middle looking spooky with his back to you. Motherfucker. I mean, dude, I mean it's just like Dude, turn the fuck around. I got, I'm not having it with I that got dude. kind of I got kind of a viralish not viral <laughs> not viral. But I did have a tweet of that was like kind of on fire. I was like getting a lot of likes and stuff like that. And it never happens. Yeah. And I was like I just said y'all seen the first image from Matrix 4. <laughs> That's pretty uh, good. But dude, that song it sounds like uh if uh, I, I had two descriptions of it, if you took everything on Roadrun Records between '98 and '01 and put it in a blender, yeah. Or if you took, you remember that Roadrun Records Hard and the Heavy compilation had Absolutely. like a Limp Biscuit remix, yep. had like Orange Nine Millimeter, you know, had like some radio shit, had some remixes, had some heavy stuff. If you took every song on that record and played it at the same time. It sounds like that Court Orange song. I don't know, man. I, I, not a fan. I don't. I don't hate it. I do. I'm excited. I'm not excited, but I want to hear more. But I will say that upon second listen, and the second listen was also watching the music video, which is ridiculous. That I haven't done. Uh, you should. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, I guess Chris Verena from Nine Inch Nails did like some electronics on the record, and he's in the video briefly behind the drum kit. And Jamie is not playing the drums in the video. He's just doing vocals. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there because that dude's a good drummer. He should do drums and less vocals. But anyway, um, uh, no, man, it's just it's just so wild to me. It's just like I want to I want to hear more because I'm curious. But I will say second listen to it. I liked it much less. And this is even funnier. I played it for Sierra on Friday night at like 1.30 in the morning. And we're both lit up and. She was legitimately angry about it. I am not. She's a- like, what the fuck is this? I thought I liked this band. <laughs> that, and you know what? Her and I share this sentiment. I am, I, this is my, you know what? Going right into it. This is my trivial thing that bothers me. When bands who are really good or known or get popular for a particular style do a 100% fucking 180, go a different way. Drives me nuts. And you know who did this the worst to me? And I fucking loved this band for one record. Hundredth. Oh, I don't really know anything about the band. I know they're like a melodic hardcore. They were a melodic hardcore Did they go blitz rock? I can't even explain to you what they did. They made me angry. Like, I was so fucking angry. The fact that there were certain songs that I loved from Hundredth, and I'm like, wow. And, like, honestly, Push Ahead was partially born out of how much I liked hundredth some of our records were like a hundred percent like man i love this fucking melodic hardcore thing that's going on this band is doing it perfectly and then they went a whole different direction i have no problem with people doing that i have a problem when bands completely shift direction see i i I wish they would just come out as like a different record i I agree first of all what did the acacia strain just do they went of a vast different uh direction with that music uh our only what is it Oh, shit, our only mistake was giving them names. What the fuck is it? All right, well, the 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 record is called Jesus. I forgot what the record is called. I, dude, I know I'm drawing a blank. But, it's, it's that nine percent beer. But uh, the songs are our only sin was giving them names. Yes, that record is vastly different mm-hmm. than anything they've done. Well, I mean, they've they've alluded to some of that stuff on previous yeah. records, especially the last song on the record. But uh. They did it tastefully because they did it by themselves. They said, "Exactly, we're going to put this out. We got to get this out of our yes. system." Yes, yes, fully agree. And it they still sounds like the Acacia Strain. It does. 
And then they said, different hey, by mix, the way, though. vocals are mixed. Very, he said, you know, and he sings different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 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 but they did say, uh, by the way, we also have another Acacia Train record ready to come out. Right. <laughs> no shit. No, so, I, I like how they did it. The hundredth just made me. Fucking now, angry. so with, with with Code Orange, I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying with Code Orange, though. Like I said, if you didn't see that one coming, then you weren't paying attention because I don't yeah. think it was a 180. I think it was a progression into that. Uh they turned it up a notch for sure. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing I was telling Sierra when she was so mad about it. Cause I was like, you know what though? I don't really like this that much, but good for these guys. These guys, these kids have been grinding since they were literally 14 years old. Mm. They've put out four full lengths before three full lengths and an EP before this and, uh, toured like crazy and, Got signed to a big label and now has money to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Good for them. They deserve it. Sierra goes, whatever. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> she goes, doesn't make it right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I feel her. I feel her on that. So I don't know. I, I, cause I do, I, I agree with you, but I also disagree because, you know, also it's like, no, man, I have, I have a vision for my band. And if it's different than what you're expecting, that's fuck you. It's for me first. That's true. All right. Do me a favor. Plug your show. <laughs> Are we to the end of the list? Hmm. Really? We're at an hour and 15. Really? Yeah. This is, wow. I can't believe we got to the end of the list. Uh, yeah. So if you are in Columbus or Ohio or central Ohio or want to drive farther than Ohio, uh, this coming Saturday, January the 18th, uh, I am putting on a show at Big Room Bar. It is my friend's worst self. It's heavy passionate hardcore from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Good friends of mine go way back with those guys. 20 years, uh, recorded one of the Maranatha records, actually a couple of those guys in that band. Um, and, uh, it's them, us, my band, Maranatha, uh, toxic warlord, formerly known as uncle slammy and the warlords thrash band. Um, and then just added postal, which is a old head Columbus. Uh, uh, it's crossover, Hardcore thrash. Yes. And uh they what do they call it? They they say uh pointy guitars and pissed off lyrics or something like that. Uh but no, it's it'll be a fun, diverse, heavy show. It's it's only uh eight bucks, I think, if I remember correctly, at Big Room Bar next Saturday, eight o'clock, all ages. Bring your friends, tell your friends. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> that's exactly what I wanted. Um postal Country time on vocals, right? Is he? No, he uh, he was in the band. I don't think he's in the band anymore. Shut the fuck up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, man, shit. I'm detached if that's the case. Uh, Because I thought it was a guy named like Jimmy the Mick or something like that. Like an old hardcore dude. that's, uh, that's my friend's husband. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um... So, Country Time was in Kingpin. Mm-hmm. He was in Call for Violence. He was in Product of Society. And that was actually the very first local hardcore. Actually, you know what? That was that was literally the first hardcore I ever heard. Even before bands like Vision of Disorder, which I credit a lot uh, to getting me into the style of sure. hardcore. Um, going to shows, because my cousin was really good friends with Rami... You know, I went to all these shows very early on, and uh, 
you know, we've talked about Finn on Jeez. one of the episodes a long time ago. Yeah. And he was the him and Slink were actually two of the first people in my entire life I ever saw hardcore dance. I saw Slink dance at Little Brothers to a call for violence set. Really? Yeah. And he was doing that fucking shit that like nowadays you might call like, you know, starting the lawnmower or something. He was doing that. And I, you know, fresh, fresh into this was like, what the fuck? I am feeling everything that's happening at this show right now. And so I had told him that a long time ago. Um, he was probably the first person I ever saw hardcore dance. And it was at Little Brothers during a, I don't know if it was a product of society or a call for violence set, but it was definitely um, mid 90s. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like when I first started going, when I first started getting involved in the underground music scene, I was like a senior in high school. And then like first year after I moved here and I kept going, I would go back to Grand Rapids a lot. Yeah. Almost every weekend. And um, in Grand Rapids, at least the scene was a little smaller. Um, so like every show was always like a hardcore band, an mm-hmm. emo band, a punk band a death metal band, you know, whatever. Like the shows are always like really diverse, but the the common thread between all of these is that it's just that sense of belonging. It's that sense of I'm here with a bunch of people who uh, feel like they don't fit in. Yeah. Who get clowned at school, uh, who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, who don't want to be home because their dad beats the shit out of them, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, it's it's kids finding common cause by feeling together because that's what it comes down to is hardcore specifically hardcore punk emo it was about feeling it's about it doesn't really matter how good you sound doesn't really matter how great your songs are it's about feeling together it's about feeling anger together it's about feeling sadness together it's about feeling uh you know anger with hardcore it's about feeling just you you know that feeling when you just want to fucking put your fist through someone's face? It's just one of those days I feel when you it don't want to wake up. Yeah. So like hardcore says that. Punk says, "Are you so mad at 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 society for shitting all over you?" Then then I am too. Emo says, "You know, are like are you really like is your chemical imbalance really fucking you up right now? Are you really feeling hard about a relationship or life or whatever?" Me too. You know, it's all about everybody. It's a, people coming together and feeling together first. And that's what I loved about it. And that's what keeps me going, man. That's what Same keeps here. me going to those shows. So, oh, I got a little bit preachy. No, you're, Pass you're fine. The call. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was actually feeling it. And before I move on, I'm going to do my uh, top 10 records. Oh, yeah. Because I forgot to do this. The past Why don't we couple. close with that? <clears throat> we will. Okay. Um, and before I do this, I just want to ask, what was the first emo band you got into oh boy uh i would say the first legit i i I kind of eased into it with like tooth and nail band so like Mm. the juliana theory was like the first was the first that love record was my jam the record before that emotion is dead was like what you know was kind of my gateway drug into it but then i got in really into uh a lot of the Saddle Creek bands, like Desaparecidos, uh, a lot of those Connor Oberst, Bright Eyes. Yes, yeah. mine was uh, Rilo Kiley. Taking Back Sunday. That was that was my. I don't know why, 
the lyrics just struck a chord with me, mm-hmm. perfect timing, and then all of a sudden I wanted to go back and listen to a lot of the shit that got him there. Yeah, right. That's so. That's I think I, I think Desaparecidos read music, speak Spanish, is probably the first like legit emo record that I like was really into. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off this top ten. I can't and wait to I can't wait for your number one. You motherfucker. <laughs> I gave I gave you a preview on the way in, yeah. and I'm I'm actually going to keep it in the keep same it, order. Keep it. I'm going to keep it, and I'll explain why my number one is the number one when I get there. Uh, mine is vastly different from yours. I so, assumed. Yeah, of course. Uh, and one thing I want to preface this with is I was very excited to do this after you did it because I th- I, I was thinking about like. Holy shit, how does one take – we're both very diverse musically. Mm-hmm. We love a lot of shit. I love mm-hmm. everything from fucking country to hardcore. And so for me to think about how the fuck do I take this and scale it down to 10 records. It's hard. It was stressful. It's very hard. It really was. But you gave me motivation by doing it, so I'm going to do it. Um, there is a theme in mind, and it's pretty much just like you know, rap, pop, punk, and metal. Like that's what it is. I, no country, no real pop made it. Um so I'm going to start with number 10. There's a band called In Her Own Words. Okay. The, re- the record is called Steady Glow. It is a pop punk outfit. Um, I, I I don't know how to what to compare them to. Like, were you a fan of City Lights from Columbus, Ohio? Uh, I, I, am I a fan? No. I've heard a couple songs. I designed a logo for them. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. What the fuck? Or a shirt or something. I, I, I made a, like a type treatment graphic for them, though. Got it. Okay. Good friends of mine. Cool. Very good friends of mine. I was fantastic friends with all of them. Is that dude uh, who used to book shows all over? What's his name? Chase Climber. Yes. Shout out to Chase. Shout out to Chase. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, He's from Electric Eye Agency. He does a lot with uh, marketing and digital stuff. Um, So if you have any digital marketing needs, especially in the <laughs> Shopify space, that is your man. Um, anyway, in her own words... Uh, the the reason I have them in the tenth spot is it is a somebody who is not a, a devout fan of pop punk and pop rock and things like that. They may look at this and think it's just another band. I've been a fan for quite some time of the pop punk uh, genre, and it is very very few and far between that get me that early feeling like holy fuck, this is a great record. Because they really are a dime a dozen. It is. It's like your entry into music. Everybody's first band was probably some form of pop punk, or everybody's counterculture band was probably pop punk before they went to hardcore. Things like that. I listened to a lot of it. I was kind of reversed on that, but that is a common theme, right? So it, it takes a it takes a lot for a pop punk record to really impress me, and I think that they have fucking nailed it. I think they are the best. That is the best pop punk record of 2019. Sweet with Steady Glow. What's it called? Steady Glow, in her own words, is, is the, the band. band. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic record. Hmm. Um, but it, again, it is pretty straightforward pop punk. So if you like it, I think it's the best pop punk record. Check it out. Uh, number nine is Marlin Craft. So uh, one thing that happened in like 2018, 2019 is I got very into a specific vibe of lyrical rap. Hmm. You know, if you think bands or you think uh, groups like J. Cole and like that Dreamville record, honestly, I, sh- I should have probably put that on here, but I did not. Uh, J. Cole, and just kind of like the lyrical pop rap, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're actually saying something. It's enough lyrically, but it's not like backpack cipher style yeah. ultra lyric. So Marlon Craft is probably 
one of my favorite people I had discovered in the past couple of years, and I was really, really, really anticipating this release. It came out. I will say that I did appreciate some of his earlier stuff a little more. Um, with this record, what I really appreciated about it was the fact that most of the instruments you hear on it are real instruments. They're drums. They're keyboard. He can do everything live in a fucking lounge setting, and there is actually YouTube videos of him doing a lounge setting with a backup girl singer and everything. Fucking fantastic to watch. He is a force to be reckoned with, and I feel like he is hip-hop modern day. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, New York, where hip-hop fucking was birthed New York, right? Mm -hmm. So I think he's somebody to watch for in the upcoming years. Um, he's proven himself on you know avenues like Sway and other, uh, you know, Marlon what? Marlon Craft. I'll check it out. Yeah. Funhouse mirrors the record. Number eight, and this may come as a surprise, I have the Griselda WWCD. Fantastic record. It is exactly what I hope to get when I think about who's in that group, mm -hmm. right? So it is exactly what I was looking for. That being said, I didn't judge a lot of the records based on just how I feel about them. I judged it on replay value and sure. what I just felt globally they did for the brand mm -hmm. right that's exactly what i was expecting from them if you would have asked me what do you want i would have told you to do this record mm -hmm. right so for that reason i did drop it a little lower it's in number eight i got fucking hype williams to do a come back to music videos man which by the way i did make this before that dr birds uh video came out that's dope as fuck it's not even like the best video in the world but it's like it it feels like it's, a late 90s rap video. It's relevant. Love it. It is relevant as fuck for the type of hip-hop that they are advocating for. Yep. Yep. It is relevant as shit. That was a very smart marketing move, whoever yep. was in charge of that. Uh, number seven, Denzel Curry, Zoo. That record, I, I am not a big like Florida rapper. That whole vibe, that's not my sleep. That's not my shit, right? I definitely like the tough, more trap stuff. I like, like I said, in the past couple of years, I got into like the uh, the hip hop kind of vibe rap. But you're not into that like Miami based dance no, party. I'm not. Fucking love that shit. Whatever the <laughs> fuck happened, this record captivated me so hard. And I think you're the one that actually told me you're like, dude, that that song Ricky is song of the summer. I could not agree more. That whole vibe, the entire record is so flawlessly done. And it, it makes somebody who doesn't necessarily want to listen to the, that, that style of rap, mm -hmm. it makes me want to listen to it. That, it had tons of replay value. Dude, That uh, I'm not even like a big Rick Ross guy, but his feature, that song, man, he just kind of slides into that song yeah. just like yeah, Miami Daddy. Fucking fantastic. Miami and, Daddy? Uh, Miami Daddy. What? You know what? When I think Miami, though, I think Pitbull. <laughs> right? Like if I if I hear Florida rapper or Miami King, I'm gonna think Pitbull because that motherfucker is control. Even though I don't give a shit about anything Pitbull's ever done, that motherfucker controls Miami. That dude is making money, billions, hand over fist. Yeah. Uh, number six. This is where you see a little less rap, right? So I went from the pop punk. I got three rap records. Number six, Knock Loose, a different shade of blue. Nice. The reason I put this at number six is because I think it was very very important to bridging several genres. Mm -hmm. I think they are on the fucking forefront of bringing back a sound that was very popular in 06, 07, but they're doing it in, like, drop A. They got Will Putney, Will Putney who is uh, one of the finest producers of modern-day gent and hardcore and metalcore, and got him to produce this record. I think that was absolutely what was needed. Um, they're fantastic. They're also bridging, bridging the gap between some... Hardcore, metalcore, things like that. I love that people are bringing back the squealies. 
and they got Keith Buckley in a song. And they who is fucking in a band that is the king of the squealies. By and the way. well, that's and that's and that's why I like that record so much is because it to me it is the spirit of every time I die tuned way the fuck down. Agree. And you know what? Every once in a while, this record will come on, and there'll be a part where I'm not a hundred percent feeling. But at the end of the day, at the end of the record, I feel like that was the part that belonged there, mm-hmm. even if that's not my type of mm-hmm. part per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Number five, The Game, Born to Rap. Now, this one didn't even make your radar. I know that you uh, said you were going to give it a second listen. Not sure if you did or not. I did. Did you? Yeah. I feel like the vibe on this album is fucking fantastic. Um, I don't hate it. It's just not like my – it's just not like my personal And again, my shit's all over the place from trap rap on down to pop punk. There's some really good stuff on it for sure. I feel like The Game, for what he did – it is flawless execution. My personal favorites are Hug the Block and I can't even think of the track, but it's the track with Nipsey Hussle. I feel like that one just spoke to me the right fucking way. Mm-hmm. Love the game. Um, I can't advocate for him enough. I, I, I have – he's put out things before where he just literally, like literally typed up a Instagram post and I would read it. And I'm like, dude, this guy somehow through an Instagram post typing lyrics – yeah. was a better comeback than some people's <laughs> diss track. And I was just like, I have respected the game. He is completely slept on. And I think he made a great all-around record that speaks to his culture, his coast. He put on a bunch of new dudes. Um, it's very West Coast. I don't always get down with that West Coast shit. Like, granted, I love it for what it's done for hip-hop. I love Bay Area shit. I love E-40. Um, I don't always love West Coast rap. I love this record. I feel like it's a good bridge. I don't between. love E40. Just for side note. Again, I don't really I th- like his style. I I used to love him. I appreciate who he is there and what go. he and what he's done. I used to love him, and because I used to love him, I still like him, mm-hmm. and I still appreciate what he's done. I like him in doses, but I know he puts out like two and a half hour long double albums all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He fucking he gets busy. I just I just that style. I don't really like his style. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of that flow. Number uh, number four on You're the like, list. Keep going. No, no, I'm just I'm yes, looking at yes, the time. Yes, yes, yes. Number four on the list, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I got number four, that Benny the Butcher record, The Plugs I'm At. I put that. I think that was my number four, too. Really? I can't remember, no, but I, I put it way higher. Dude, the Benny record I agree. was absolutely the standout 100%. record in the group. 100% agree with you. So I it's, really, it's really, tight. really fuck it's, with that record. It's a buttoned up record. It's tight. It's like that. It's like the push Daytona record from last year. It's tight. Love it. Uh, number three, counterparts. Nothing left to love. Okay. Now. I don't know this man. I mean, I know who they are. I don't know this man though. When you're talking about melodic hardcore, when you're talking about. Benny was my number three, by the way. Really? Yeah. When you're talking about melodic hardcore, when you're talking about masters of their craft, mm-hmm. I feel personally that there is nobody that does melodic hardcore better than Counterparts does melodic hardcore. Tight. I'll check it out. This record is definitely it, – it. when we talk about bands doing 180s, they did not do that. This is a band that I feel takes their previous record and just turns it up a notch. They are so masterful with their use of uh, effects, with their use of, uh, I mean, I, I feel probably real amps. 
there is something so organic about this record. Now, one thing I, I really, really like about it is the production. And that does sometimes skew me mm-hmm. when it comes to records. I love the production of this record so much. I would have said maybe less compression and just production on the drums. Something does – you can tell these people are natural. They're natural drums, but something does stand out about the drums to me. I've always loved their guitar tone. And again, they are just masterful with the way they put records together. Uh, this is this is no exception. So it's called Nothing Left to Love. It, this actually hit the Billboard Top 100, I think like 97, 98, which is crazy for just a no singing, 100% melodic hardcore record to break the Top 100 is awesome. Um, it's like their sixth or seventh studio album. So mm-hmm. they've been doing it for a while. Just keep getting better. Number two, which I'll explain why, but number two is basically my number one at this point. It's YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Oh, wow. Hi, I, Dude, I'm telling you what. <coughs> like when I first heard the record, I, I never thought it was going to be record of the year for me, mm-hmm. right? And when I first heard it, I kind of thought, okay, here's another group another collective that's putting like NBA or YBN or something betwe- before their name. That was kind of a trend in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they're a specific type of rap. They're that trap rap. Sound you know, cloudy. Yeah, exactly. SoundCloud rapper type shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally wrote this record off. I don't even think I listened to it the first month it was out. And then when I finally like caught a track and I think it was that, uh, that track where he kind of responds to J. Cole, I, maybe 1985. I think I feel like that's what the track is called. I'm not familiar enough. I caught that track and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I kind of fuck with this. It's weird. Like, you could tell he had lyrics, but he did it in a manner that was very appealing to the SoundCloud rap. And so it made me want to go check out the record. I checked out the record and you can tell that even though he was responding to J. Cole on that particular record – he is highly influenced by J. Cole. And this this goes to what I was saying before, which I'm very, very much into a specific type of vibe of rap right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this record, front to back, gave me everything I needed. I love this record. It has had the greatest replay value for me. I can nice. listen to it front to back ten times over. I listen to it at the gym. I, I got a couple of friends home. who are really into it. I should give it another chance. I listen to I, I listen to it. It actually it took a it took a month to grow on me. Like mm. I would catch tracks and then I would I'd catch myself going back to the same he's, he's, for a young guy. He's like pretty lyrical and talented. He's very lyrical. He's very talented. Um, he put out some mixtapes and he actually I want to say this is his first record in the YBN collective. Like he's a newer. There's like three main YBN dudes. There's um, Namir, uh, Almighty J, and Corday. And then there's like you know twenty others that just haven't put out a record yet. Those are the three main dudes. Um, he's yeah, he's very lyrical. He's a he is literally the person who can bridge the gap between the younger generation and the older generation. I hear him say things, and the way he twists words sometimes it very very much reminds me of specific uh, Big flows, and I fucking I fuck with mm. that. But then he'll go ahead and do a song next that sounds like it could be kind of SoundCloud rap. Mm. I fuck with it, super lyrical, and I will say that. Above most rap rap records this year, I have come back to this all the time, nice. over and over. So I fuck with that. That basically is my number one for the for the year, and the reason is because my number one I just found out today was actually a 2018 <laughs> album. Oh God, I don't know how I could be so blind. And uh, I've been what fucking, is it though? 
It's Real Friends Composure. Oh, yeah. You told me that. Real Friends Composure. Now, this record is a... They're like grown-up pop-punk, right? They are grown-up pop-punk. Like, that is a great way to like, put it. If you like the Wonder Years, you'll probably like... Yeah. I, I, I you know, I wasn't really down with the pop-punk scene or the Warp Tour scene for the most part. But when that those bands all started growing up yeah. and slowing down, tuning down a little bit, writing sad shit, you, bands like Daylight, bands like Balance and Composure, you know, like Title Fight even. You know, bands, oh, I, fuck, you I know, fuck with both of those last you know, ones you mentioned. You know, bands like that who who kind of were pop punk, young pop punk bands yeah. and then got serious. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, so this is this is uh th- this was the third full studio record from Real Friends. And to be honest, when people had showed me to them or showed me their music before, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Eh, it sounds like pop punk. Mm-hmm. It sounds like if you told me hey, this is a pop punk band, check them out. They're good. This is exactly what I would sound like." Uh this record, there's something more to it. Mm. I can listen to it front to back. And to be honest, like there was a part in 2019 where I was very depressed and I was, I just, I wasn't having a good time in life at all. And something about this record, even though it's a very sad record, it's a very sad record about like feeling underappreciated and things like that. Something about the record comforted the fuck out of me. And I listened to this record literally a hundred percent of this year. I, I could probably say I put this record on once every two days. Nice. And I fuck with it. I'm sorry to say it's a damn 2018 album. And if Wikipedia is correct, it was in July of 2018. So it wasn't even like an end of year 2018. Um, that being said, when I thought about what records really had an impact on me, this was the first one that came to mind. So I knew it was on my list. When I went to Spotify to check the year it came out, Spotify had it listed as 2019. I said, it's a fucking no-brainer. That's going on my list, top three, for mm. sure. Well, it, we'll call it 2019. Then. I'm going to call it that. I'm going to say that... You listened to it a lot this year. It, it meant a lot my, to you this year, so fuck it. My personal 2019 record. Sweet. Go listen to it. It's fucking awesome. You get a pass on that one. I get a pass on that one. Um, Yeah, fantastic fucking album. Yeah, your list is wildly different than mine. Wildly. It's Except for you two had, records. You sh- well, you're talking about uh, Denzel and... and Benny. Yeah, Benny. And, no, oh, no, 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 and Griselda. Yeah, yeah. We had all three on there. That's about all we got for the list, Colin. We fucking we knocked it out today. Look at that. Look at that list. Of isn't shit it funny that we how? Through. Isn't it funny how we have more robust conversations if we are both contributing to the list? <laughs> I fucking love isn't it. that funny? I fucking love isn't it. it funny if I actually participate in this other than sitting in this goddamn chair that we actually have more robust conversations? Yeah. And I like the fact that you have been because it gives me uh, the ability to segue into just new yeah. shit. All right. We're going to wrap this shit 39. up. 39 is in the book. <laughs> Jesus. I have like, I don't know what just Laryngitis. I did, uh, w- I did wake up with a cold on Friday morning and it hasn't hit real hard, uh, but I have been feeling like stuffy and coffee all weekend all right if you're li- 39 if you're listening to this we would love to hear what you had as your top two or three records i know personally i could have probably done a top 10 rap and then a top 10 dude other. i could have done i could have done a top 40 records this year there was so much good music in 2019 i wholeheartedly agree it so, took me it took me a minute to get it yeah, down december 27th is when i finally nailed down the list <laughs> so that being said happy birthday mom that's my mom's birthday what december 27th yeah happy birthday Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Sue. Shout out to your mom. Happy birthday, Sue. All, All right. right. See We're ya. out of this bitch.